and welcome to the Urbanist Agenda, the podcast that's been car-free since 2013. I'm, I'm joined today with my wife, Mrs. NJB. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. So it occurred to me the other day that we've been car-free for 10 years now. Hmm. Yeah, because we left Belgium at the end of 2013, right? And that was the last time that we owned a car. Yeah, true. And it wasn't intentional. Like we didn't leave saying, now we are going to be car free for 10 years. It just kind of. Yeah. There wasn't like a dramatic moment of we're doing this. We are going car free. It was was definitely not like that at all. No, it wasn't. No. So I wanted to talk about that because I thought that was kind of interesting. So when we lived in Belgium, we actually had two cars, which was weird. For us, it was weird. Yeah. Because if you think back, like we've been together for quite a while and we lived in Toronto We were mostly car-free, and then at some point you needed it for your job, which was out in the suburbs. Yeah. And then when we lived in the UK, definitely didn't have a car. So then to end up in Belgium with two cars cars was really like quite a turn of life events for us. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. Because neither of us had cars when we were in university, right? No. You didn't have a car in university. No, neither did I. And when we met, we didn't have cars. But when we were living together, I got a job out in the suburbs, out Mm -hmm. in Markham. And that was the first time that we got a car. I don't remember when that was. 2004, I think. Something like that, yeah. And the only reason that I got that. 20 I got years that, ago. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I got that smart car. Yeah. And the only reason, like, we didn't need a car. We did all our grocery shopping by transit or walking downtown Toronto. Yeah. And we didn't have any kids at the time. So the only reason that I bought that car was to go to work. Because you could walk to work. I remember when you got the job offer, you did try to look at the transit options. And it was just impossible, really. It was annoying because there actually was a GO train station up there Mm -hmm. near my office. It wasn't that far away from it. It wasn't like walking distance, but there was a bus. Yeah. But the GO train was designed only to take suburbanites downtown and not the other way around. So the trains only went into downtown in the morning and they only went back to the suburbs at night. And I needed to do the opposite commute. Mm -hmm. So... I needed to buy a car, which is so frustrating. Like the train is there. The rails are there. The stations are there. But you hated that drive so much. I hated it, yes. What was the sign that always said the DP? moving slowly at Winford Drive. Yeah, that was just, (laughs) yeah. So, oh God, I hated that traffic. But anyway, yeah. So we had the smart car. And the only reason we had it was so that I could get to that job in, in suburbia. And I had that job. Well, in it wasn't that for car. its towing capacity. No, we <laughs> We were one of the first to get a smart car in yeah. Toronto. I remember it was such a new car at the time. Yep. It was available in Canada. We went to the Mercedes dealership to get it, and they had it there. But it was the kind of car when you drove it in Toronto, people did the double take to yeah, look they at were you because like it was looking, still people were asking you about it and stuff. Yeah, yeah twenty was, years. I think. Yeah. I don't think they sell smarts in Canada anymore. Oh, that's actually. interesting. Yeah, they yeah. still sell them here. So. Yeah, but then we sold that car in 2006, and we moved to the UK. And mm-hmm. when we lived in central London, we didn't have a car either. There was no, no we never reason. even thought of it. You that know? would have been a liability. Again, that wasn't one of these things where consciously, we're going to go car free. It's just that we didn't need one. Yeah. And I think like it didn't occur to us to get one because we didn't really need it for our jobs. Like your no. job was out of town, but it was train station to train station with a smidge of a bike. We, we lived near King's Cross yeah. and I worked in Cambridge and I just took the train up every yeah. day and that was fine. But I think also like I was slightly intimidated to even want to drive in the UK. Like even yeah. the times we lived there and went on holidays, we rented a car a few times. You did most of the driving because I just t- didn't feel comfortable driving on the wrong side of the road, yeah. so to speak. But Well, you know, some countries drive on the right side of the road and other countries drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. True. And I didn't feel comfortable. So anyway, no, we didn't think to ourselves, we really wanted to get a car. Yeah. So. And we didn't have a car in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. 
because that would have also been insane. Like, been, there's no reason to have a car in Taiwan. We were Taiwan. only there for seven months anyway. Yeah. And then Belgium. And then Belgium, I was there. I had the company car the way most companies give benefits there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How basically, like, everybody in Belgium gets a company car? I mean, it's, look, it's still a taxable benefit. It's not like you get it for free, so to speak. But, yeah, but, it's, but it's a benefit. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I've heard they've been trying to cut down on that. But yeah. that was crazy to me. the fuel card was nuts, too. But yeah. I don't know if that's specific to my real estate company or not. Right. Yeah. That was nuts. Like all our neighbors had company cars. Yeah. I remember our neighbors actually had two because they, because each, had one, they, right? they each had one. Yeah. And if they didn't take it, then it was just nothing. They just didn't get anything from mm-hmm. it. So they had one car that they used and then she took the metro or biked to work and yeah. never used that car. Yeah. So it just sat there all the time. Yeah. It was Taking a minivan. Up a spot. Yeah. And the neighbors were already fighting all the time over parking spaces and they just yeah. had a car that they just kept there because it was free. That was insane. I did not enjoy, I mean... We can make a whole other podcast about, did you enjoy living in Brussels? But I didn't enjoy like the being in Brussels and we became a two car family. That was weird. But then it was kind of like just what you did there, I guess. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, you yeah. were given the car by your employer. Yeah. And I was not because I was an independent contractor. Yeah. Um, but and, you needed it for the but I contracts. Needed, I couldn't had. get to my office. Mm-hmm. There was no transit to get out there. Yeah. So again, the only other time I bought a car was because I couldn't take transit to yeah. work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we moved to Toronto. Yeah. So and we had kids. Right. So Mm -hmm. we had two kids when we moved from Belgium to Toronto. And I remember the move and everything was very expensive and we didn't have enough money to buy a car anyway, even if we wanted one. I know I was looking at cars. We were looking at cars. Yeah. yeah, Because I figured you need a car in Canada. That's just the thing. Right. It's like, oh, you need a car. It's Canada. Of course, of course course you do. You got kids. You got. And I remember we couldn't afford to buy a car and we were moving anyway. And it was like, whatever. We'll worry about that later. Yeah. And I remember my parents freaking out that we were <laughs> moving to Canada in basically like January of 2014, mm-hmm. right? And they were freaking out. This like, you got kids and it's winter. You need to have a car. And we're like, we'll be all right. You know, like, it's fine. Yeah, it's funny because we picked a walkable neighborhood where we were first yeah. renting. You did not need a car to do anything in that neighborhood. No. Like, I mean, we chose it on purpose, though. Like, it was yeah, a very walkable neighborhood. had a good transit links, like... The daycare and that kind of stuff was close by. Yeah, we got that chariot bike trailer, right? And the thing that was nice about that was that it had the stroller wheel that we got with it. The big wheel. The big wheel was great because it could go over the snow Mm. in the winter. You weren't working at the time, right? Yeah, I was on maternity leave with the baby. So I was taking transit to work and then you would take the kids to like daycare or preschool and you'd do it in that chariot trailer. In the winter, you'd be pushing it. And then... So that was the funny thing, though, was that when we were there, we moved in January. Your parents, I think, had two cars at the time and and really wanted to give us a car. Because they're suburbanites in London, Ontario. So, of course, they had two cars. So they really wanted us to borrow it for a couple months. They insisted that we take that car. They absolutely insisted. They said, you got to take that car. You got to have a car. You can't live here without a car. Yeah, so we had it for the... It was only like two or three months. But I do remember very rarely actually using it for anything kid related yeah. because I mean kids snowsuits all of that oh stuff God. it's a lot of stuff and yeah. when you put them in a car seat like you can put them in a car seat like fully with the snowsuit and stuff that is not a recommended safety thing safe. to do at all but also but the kids overheat they too. totally overheat yeah, they right? totally so then the couple times I did try driving to like the preschool daycare you would see that it was so much effort like getting the snowsuit on and then taking the jacket off and like so they wouldn't overheat in the car and it was a lot of faff and effort mm-hmm. and then once we got that chariot so that's like the big push stroller type trailer that attaches yeah, to a bike bicycle trailer that can turn into a stroller that yeah. turns into a stroller that have those like big almost like kid bicycle size wheels like mm-hmm. they're big but it was so cozy in there 
The kids sat side by side. We put a couple blankets in there. They stayed in their snowsuits. And I walked them like across they the park. It. and They stuff. loved that thing. And I actually really preferred it too because mm-hmm. the other thing was I didn't have to like scrape the car. Right. I didn't have to let the car warm up. I didn't have to God. worry about traffic. And the I other thing was the, the parking. When you got to the daycare, wherever I was going with the kids, mm-hmm. there was a really harsh winter, the winter we moved. I remember the snow piles were huge. Yeah. And then when I started doing it with the stroller, like once with I had a good pair of boots, like it was infinitely easier. And I actually kind of liked the like fresh, crisp air and stuff. Like I can't even remember, was there any weather where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this? No, because like no, and it was snow, a harsh winter too. Cold, right? it didn't matter. Like it was so nice. The thing is, with cold, it's so easy, right? You just bundle up. You just yeah. wear layers. You wear like good. I mean, that's the thing they say. There's no such thing as bad weather. Yeah, just incorrect yeah. clothing, right? Yeah. And that was really true of that cold winter yeah. of 2000. Oh, that 14. was 14. Yeah, and that was when there was that whole ice storm as well, and everything froze over. The power lines went out. And all oh that yeah, kind there was an ice storm right? that year. Yeah. Like that was really cold winter. Yeah. But then, so in those couple months where your parents insisted we borrow one of their cars, <sighs> I found I very quickly didn't use it for any of the kid-related activities. Yeah. Because just the chariot was better. They would nap a little bit in it. They were so cozy inside mm-hmm. with their snow and their blankets like it was actually really great so then what are the other things we did i think we started doing like our grocery shopping with it like yeah we started doing all the errands with the like, car we didn't because it was to. there yeah we didn't need to because there was that grocery store remember that food land that was yeah. like just i don't know how far that was like 400 meters away or something or 300 meters or something. oh the one the up on the danforth yeah. yeah that was, was really so close, close right to the rental place we had oh yeah that's true. so we didn't need to go we used the car to do groceries we just did because we had it i know like you very quickly fell into the like i live here now and this is how you get groceries this is how i feed myself it is funny because that was before i really got into this whole urbanism thing and you know not just bikes was not a thing obviously and no you hadn't really i hadn't even put your finger on what i don't even know if i think i just barely found strong towns at that point in time Mm -hmm. so like we weren't coming you knew enough that we chose like a walkable walkable neighborhood. neighborhood yeah we knew that yeah but we didn't go into it saying like, oh, yes, we are going to do this or that specifically. Like mm-hmm. we very much were like, OK, you need cars in Canada. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's winter and kids and that's what you do. We just kind of fell into it. But then we didn't use it as nearly as much as we no. thought we would because we, had, we lived somewhere walkable. But then walkable. we had problems with the car, too. Like it got broken into once. Yeah, It was so frustrating, right? Because my parents insisted that we take this car. And then yeah. we hardly used the car. And like the th- times we did use it, we didn't strictly need to use it. There were very few times we really, really needed it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it got broken into. Remember that time when you did take the kids to daycare, to the farther daycare, and you ran over that nail and it got a flat tire? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. And that was a real pain because yeah. we had to get someone to come out to fix the flat tire on the mm-hmm, car. Mm-hmm. And then there was that time that randomly it just didn't start. Like the computer on the, the, com- yeah, the just, control button didn't work It just work didn't, the car wouldn't yeah. start. And it was a Sunday. And so we had to get it towed, but we had to get it towed to the dealership because it was still under warranty. Yeah, that's the time we learned that towing is actually not that cheap. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it was terrible because it was Sunday and the dealership yeah. was closed. And yeah. so the tow truck came and towed it to our house. And then the next morning I had to get up early and get the tow truck to yeah. tow it from our house to the dealership. So we had two tows. And then the dealership just looked at it all day, didn't know what was wrong with it, plugged it into the like testing thing and rebooted the computer and the car just worked again. Yeah. And I think that whole thing ended up costing us like around... 700 bucks or 800 bucks or something like that yeah, i don't remember and these are these things with cars where you just drop 800 bucks just yeah. because the computer decides to go on the fritz yeah 
And I don't know how common a thing that is, well, but it know, definitely happened to us. No, I know it happened to us, right? Yeah. And then, of course, there was the flat tire with the nail yeah, that got run tire. over, too. The breaking in was also very irritating, too. Yeah. Like, nothing really got was, stolen. They just stole some change from the console, and that's about it. I don't it. think there's anything else no. to steal. Interestingly, they didn't even, like, nick the radio or anything. I know. But... Well, I think it was one of those built-in ones, oh, not yeah, like, that like, you can't steal. But that was the thing. Like, we barely used the car. We didn't really need it that much. And then it was a liability uh, yeah. because it got broken into, because it got a flat tire. But I mean, look, your parents lent it to us when we first moved because they were really insisting that we would need it. But then I think after a few months, I think is when spring came around, they needed it back because yes. in their lifestyle, when they live on the outskirts of London, Ontario, they need Well, I think the only cars. reason they could give us the car in winter is because they weren't like golfing and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. doing yeah. other old person stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then I do remember, though, I mean, you're living in Toronto and you very much get used to like... This is how I get groceries. This is how I go do things. And I remember like the week leading up to like the car was going to go back to your parents. I actually had thoughts of like, oh, we got to make sure we get everything we need before we return the car. Like, right. do you want to do any extra trips? Oh, right. we should go to the hardware store. We should yeah. do. And like we kind of did that like last ditch efforts trips. And then I think at one point you and I were like. I've run out of even ideas of what these trips could be. Yeah, like, I can't even we like, imagine. Okay, like... I think we should be fine. And then the car went back. And then I think what we tried to do is maybe a week or two later, we took a car share to be like, okay, well, let's just do the big grocery trip. Let's just do the big trips. And then it kind of slowly faded away where we're like, I don't really need this car anymore. Even though car share was, well, this was interesting for us, like this tangent for a minute on car share. So we joined car share back at the beginning when you and I we're first living in Toronto in like 2003 or something. Yeah, 2003, We were like membership something. number something like in the... 23, two- I thought it was. No, no. In like the Wasn't 2000s. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, not 23. We were in like the 2000s, <laughs> but like, which is really low for the size of the car share for Toronto. And at this time... Car share in Toronto had modernized. It wasn't the like what it used to be. Like, do you remember what it was like when we first joined? Where you had like a master key that yeah, went into a lockbox. Lock you yeah. had a paper logbook to do, yeah. and you had to fill out in the paper logbook how what the mileage was and all the other stuff. So by the time we moved back to Toronto, the car share was now it wasn't app based yet. 2014. No, it had a plastic card. Yeah, that was already revolutionary. Yeah, you had to book it right. on uh, the online website. But yeah, and our know. neighborhood had like I don't, I don't know a dozen of them. Yeah, like, a bunch so within walking distance. So, the closest was less than 200 meters from our house. Yeah, so to see how much car share in Toronto had. This was auto share before yeah. it was bought by Enterprise. But yeah. to see how much it had modernized in literally 10 years was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you could the, use an app and stuff like so that. So the car went back to your parents and we were on our own car free. And I think you had researched being like, well, obviously we're going to buy a car. Yeah. And we bridged a couple weeks with like, let's go use a car share. And then it was kind of like, well, I don't even know what I'm using this for. I booked it for like two hours and I don't yeah. even need to go like, and I think the biggest, what was the grocery to be like, why do I need this to get groceries? We have, I know. we don't live in a food desert. There's the grocery stores within a short distance. Well, I think the thing us, is so. we had lived in so many other places without cars. We had bought groceries for years Especially and years. London. Without yeah. cars. Yeah. I mean, London, yeah. where there was that Tesco's that was on the way, like from King's Cross yeah, to yeah. our house. Yeah. And so I just pick up groceries on the way home from the train but station. But that was the, I don't know if we, have you talked about this in videos before or not? But like, there's almost like a different habit of how you grocery shop. Like yeah. when we lived in London, we grocery shopped three, four times a week. But it was like, you don't do the like very long big yeah, trip. That, you pop in and grab a few things. For I mean, like that's what my groceries just... video basically, right? It's right. about how Canadians and yeah. Americans 
And I think we carry over that lifestyle, though, to Toronto. So we were going multiple times to the grocery store to pick up what we needed. And that big haul wasn't a thing. But it was on the way home from the subway station for me. So like, who cares? It's like stupidly easy. I'm walking home from the subway station and I'm like, hey, do you want me to pick up? It was easy when I took the kids to daycare on the way home. Yeah, and you would just stop by the grocery store. Yeah. I have an empty, like, giant chariot. Yeah, you have the huge trailer, right? That was the thing. Yeah, Yeah, you used to put groceries in the trailer. And so then car share worked out fine for us. And I know we were still looking at cars. I remember I wanted to buy an electric car. This would have been 2014. But it was really hard to find a decent electric car. And we had street parking. And there was no way to charge your car if you had street parking. And then, like, it was... That was also the whole thing where, like, well, then do we need to get a thing installed? But how do we do that if we don't have a garage? And... I remember that was a yeah. barrier as well to us. And eventually the next year was when we bought the Buckfeeds, the cargo bike, 2015. Yeah, yeah I guess so. So we had lived for about a year and a half. Well, after borrowing the parents' car, I guess it was about a year. We had yeah. been without a car using auto share. Using auto share, using the chariot. like just... Yeah, and using the chariot as a bike trailer yeah. too. And that worked out fine. But then we heard about those cargo bikes from the Netherlands, Buckfeeds and and we bought that Buckfeeds. And I remember we were debating, like, were we going to do electric or not? And we went back and forth because the electric was so expensive. Because the box seats are pretty Sorry. expensive. When you say so expensive, was it like a minor upgrade on a car? Well, you know, that's the <laughs> thing, right? Because it was $5,000, I think, right? And that was that's like so thousand. much money. But it was so much like, more, Compared yeah. to buying a car, it was nothing. But still, I think it was like 3500 or something without electric assist and 5000 I with. still find it crazy that like there was a sticker shock for us on that when we were legitimately looking at buying a car, know, which right? was magnitudes more expensive. Yeah. Even if it was used or anything else, like well, the car would if, have been so much If we had expensive. bought like an electric car back then, I don't mm-hmm. even know what electric cars cost back then. What, 40, 50,000? Like they were expensive, right? And here we were like lamenting this, this. There is some sort of sticker shock because your mind still thinks, but it's a bike. But it's a bike. Exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. But I'm so glad we went with the electric. Like what a difference oh, yeah, that yeah, made. Yeah, because yeah. that was the difference between having like a bicycle and a car replacement. Right. You know, I actually remember some of the discussion we had around the battery decision. Yeah. It was a time that the kids were getting like the older one was turning into like a toddler who weighed more and the baby was growing fast. And um, we had the chariot, which you pulled behind you on the bicycle. And we have enough hills in the neighborhood where you would feel it. Right. And I remember you saying, or me saying, one of us said, I don't think my level of fitness can outpace their growth (laughs) or something along those (laughs) lines to be like, they are going to get heavier before I can. Yeah, before I can get stronger. Yeah, before I can get fitter on this kind of stuff. And I think it was in those contexts of a couple of those hills that we really pushed over the edge to be like, we should try with the battery. But then, my God, the battery, like, e-assist thing was life-changing. On it that. really was Absolutely life-changing. Because yeah. once we got the Buckfeeds, then there was no question, like, there's no way we were going to buy a car. Between having the electric Buckfeeds yeah. and it would car have share. Take, but it would have taken one of us getting a job somewhere yeah. that was not reachable by transit. Exactly. And it was the fact that, like, we both had jobs that were transitable, which I use loosely in Toronto because you get mixed results on your transit experience. But it is reachable as opposed car, to man. like oh my god it was painful but yeah as opposed to the jobs like on the outskirts of the city when it's just not yeah. an option at all like we had friends who worked out like by the airport and yeah. stuff and they're like oh it's great we live close to the dvp dvp up to 401 but that is just absolute traffic hell the whole way to work yeah. and the whole way back and oh it is so it is a awful. lifestyle choice you are choosing when commuting you in toronto is just so awful and that's one of those things that really radicalized me because i realized like 
even when you build all this stuff for cars and make it really friendly for cars and yeah. make it really easy to drive, it still sucks to drive. Like it's still awful to drive on the 401 yeah. in rush hour, the DVP in rush hour in Toronto. It's just awful, awful, awful. So the thing is, we were car free in the sense we didn't own one, but we were still active users of car share. Yeah. And I do recall we had some conversations in our Toronto years to be like, you know what I love about this? It's a fleet. Yeah. It's a whole selection of cars for whatever I want to choose. Because I think there's a bit more homogeneous nature of cars here in the car share systems in Amsterdam. But in Toronto, the auto share fleet was quite varied. Like you had really small cars. You had much bigger vehicles. You had the cargo vans. Like you had an absolute selection of vehicles for what yeah. like, you could choose for what you needed. Like if it was me and a friend going out of, I went to a baby shower that was like, I don't know, it was like an hour and a half drive away. I took a smaller vehicle because it was just two of us going in a present. Yeah, and like, it's cheaper that way too. It was just nice to have that option. And then another time we had to like haul something, I don't remember what, and we used a cargo van. And yeah. another time you're getting groceries and you're like, yeah, a normal car with a trunk is going to do. Yeah, or if you're taking a bunch of kids, you got a minivan, right? Yes. And the minivan was fantastic yeah. when we had like four kids to take but somewhere. The fleet was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. of course the I cargo do. vans were amazing. So if we were doing some work on the house or something like that. Or I was building one of my The Toronto system was really good. Yeah. You know, because you said, like, we've been car-free for 10 years. And I'm like, well, it's not like like we'd never use a car. No, like, of we're, we're like car light, but we just don't own a car. Yeah. But the thing with it's the... Like we never drive. The thing with the auto share is that there were some months that we just didn't use it at all. That's true. And it's just complete, like, zero dollars yeah. for car transportation. Yeah, whatever I remember. And, and other months, we used it quite a lot. But I did love the fleet. I loved being able to choose. Because I remember one time when I went to Home Depot and I was buying some, like, two-by-fours. I think when I was doing modifications to the shed. And I remember that I was carrying these two by fours out to this auto share cargo van. And there was this guy with an SUV next to me. And he was desperately trying to fit his purchases into the SUV and they weren't fitting. And I remember I actually had a bit about this in my SUVs video, but I cut it out because I just didn't have like appropriate footage to go with it. But I remember it was so funny. I was thinking this guy drives around in this stupid SUV all the time, this gas guzzling, horrible vehicle that yeah. drives like a truck. He drives it all day, every day. And then the one time you actually need it to go to Home Depot, his purchases didn't fit. Yeah. Whereas I don't have a car and I had a van. I think that that's I the rent. successful marketing of SUVs that yeah. it gives the perception of all of this luscious space and cargo capacity and how many times have we picked up an uber or a taxi and they come in that vehicle and we can't fit our luggage and then yeah. my parents will drive us somewhere in their very normal like toyota corolla yeah, car and it all right. fits they in their toyota luggage corolla and, the, the, and it fits in their trunk the no trunk problem. fit more than that yeah. suv well i remember that one time that we were going on vacation and we ordered a taxi to the airport and it was an suv and the luggage didn't fit in the back we had to keep it on our laps. Like some mm -hmm. of the bags were on our laps. And then when we got to our destination, I think it was in Europe, we got a taxi and it was a minivan and everything fit perfectly. And yeah. we all had lots of room yeah. and nobody had to have anything on their laps. And that's when I realized like this SUV was physically bigger than the minivan we got, yeah. but it didn't fit our luggage. The space inside was awful. But that was what was so great about AutoShare was being able to choose the vehicle based on what trip you were taking. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. AutoShare really was great. It was the best system for us. And then, you know, we did like the weekend ski trips with it. Like Yeah, when the kids were learning how to ski, yeah. we were going every single weekend in the winter. Yeah, and so yeah. we didn't own a car, but we would book the weekend rates and we'd go every single weekend. And it still ended up being cheaper than owning a car because you know we were only using it on the liked? weekend. You just returned it. Like all the maintenance and everything else. Yeah, was taken you didn't care. worry about anything. I mean, look, it was running low in windshield fluid. You filled it up and I think they credited you for 
taken care of it. But generally, the cars were really well taken care of. Yeah. Um, although I've heard from people now in Toronto saying that some of them are a bit mixed on how clean they're left. That's interesting. Um, which is interesting because the years that we used it, I was like, no, I thought that was the other joy. Yeah, it was that, super like, clean, yeah. You didn't end up leaving a bunch of crap in your car. Like, yeah. it's very easy that when you own a car that you just start leaving a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's just, your it's trunk easy. is it's just natural. full of junk. Yeah, it's just natural human behavior but when you have the car share you're forced to like clean up and your stuff and well the thing is they used to fine you if the next person found yeah. it dirty right and so you were incentivized yeah, to keep sure. it clean yeah but that oh. was like the joy of like we have access to a car we use a yeah. car but like you don't have all the pitfalls of car ownership yeah. you know like yeah and then so we used it every single weekend through mm -hmm. the winter when the kids were learning to ski and then we just stopped using it and stopped paying for it and then there were times like i remember it like this may june july august no use at all. We didn't use it once. And then we didn't pay for it at all, right? And it was just so nice yeah. to have the car, but never need to pay. And if you didn't use it, then you never needed to pay anything. Yeah, it was good. We saved so much money by not owning a car for the last 10 years. Yeah, and maybe we never really ran the math, but I mean, it's obvious statement, yes. But yeah. like, I kind of want to run the math to know it. No, you know I'd be true. Because I know, obviously, we had to pay for car share. And then we had to pay for transit tickets and, you know, bicycle maintenance or some shit like yeah. that. But like it would have been so minor. It would have been thousands of dollars a year we saved for sure. I yeah. can't like. I mean, but there's financial things. But then there's also just like your mental happiness. Like yeah. parking is a pain. In it is an absolute pain when you're going anywhere. Like traffic is obviously like you can comment forever about like this traffic stupidity. But these were the years in Toronto where we had young kids and that every weekend like we both worked jobs. Like once I went back to work, we were both working and the weekends is when we had to do all of the swim lessons and mm -hmm. other kids activities that like skating lessons or whatever that you do. Yeah. And you're charting around on weekends. It was always so much easier by bike. I mean, it, look, yeah. it's Toronto. There were a couple places we had to bike to that I was like, this is not the safest feeling place to go. Yeah. But whenever you could like basically go door to door and literal door to door from yeah. our back door to like right in front of the skating rink or piano lesson or whatever right. we were going to. And you just to, park the box feeds out front and you're literally out front. And yeah. like you see other parents like struggling to find the parking and everything else. I was like, yeah. Eh. This is nice, you know, and I mean, you can't really put a price on that. But personally, I took a lot of value out of that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And also, I just really hate scraping off the car. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't understand it. I just I hate it so much. Like you're freezing cold. You go out, you turn on the car because it's freezing inside the car and you need the car to warm up. And then you're out there in the cold, scraping the ice off. And I don't know what it is, but I just hate you scraping like ice off cars so much. I know. I really hate scraping the ice off the car. Yeah, it never bothered me that And much. then you get into the car and it's freezing cold. Yeah. But like you're not wearing your big parka because you're supposed to be in your car. And by the I time would, you get the car there. car was so damn cold. I, know, right? I would still wear the Yeah, but then parka. it heats up and then you're boiling, boiling. hot. Know, and you, gotta, know. Uh, you know, I, I honestly preferred it just going outside in my warm clothes, getting on the bike and just riding. And yeah. I honestly preferred that to scraping ice off the car. Yeah. I mean, Toronto didn't make winter cycling that helpful, though. Like, we, no, we went no. as long as we could. I think the winter studded tires that went on the bikes were super helpful for staying on the bicycles. I mean, we could have switched to transit, too. And we did, honestly. Like in, Sometimes, yeah. In many of those days when it's the weather swings of Toronto, where it would get like a big snowfall dump. And then overnight, it goes way down below zero. Everything freezes over if the city didn't clear it in time. And now yeah. you have 
giant ice blocks that were usually blocking bike lanes. And the most annoying part to me, though, is that when I didn't ride a bike in the winter, it wasn't because of the cold or anything. It was only because they didn't plow the bike lanes. They just wasn't safe. Like that was the yeah. only reason. Because I remember one time when it was like minus 28 or something like that and with a quite a wind. And I remember yeah. thinking, OK, this is getting on the edge of what I want to comfortably cycle in. Yeah. But even then, you know, like it was OK it really wasn't the cold that stopped me from cycling ever. It was yeah. always just the, I can't cycle here because they didn't plow it. And then cars drove on the bike lane and then it all froze. And then it's all like lumpy yeah, ice true. chunks. And I can't ride on this. It was funny. Like you would get ready for work. And I know in the really cold days, it was just easier to switch your helmet to a ski helmet. Yeah. And so you have a ski helmet on. I mean, I don't know if it was windy, if you wanted goggles or not. But anyway, you put the ski helmet on and you've got your like warm coat and your gloves. Mm -hmm. And you have the like... I say like the average person is like, oh my God, you're crazy. And I was like, you're literally dressed to go skiing. Something that's totally normalized um, yeah. to do in Canada. And yet if you wear the same stuff and get on a bicycle, it's like, oh, you're yeah. fucking crazy. People used to say you're hardcore. You're so <laughs> hardcore. But I remember, I remember. It's like, it's just I literally remember the first time I decided to go winter cycling because it used to be that I didn't think about it. It got winter, I put the bike away. I just, that's what I did. I didn't even yeah. really think yeah. too much about it. And I'd take transit. And I remember one time we went skiing. And then I came back and on Monday morning, I was sitting on the streetcar stuck in traffic and I'm watching all these people cycle by me. There was no snow on the ground because most of the time in Toronto, the roads are clear through the winter, right? Most of the time. And so I'm sitting there in traffic watching these cyclists go by. And I remember like consciously thinking, wow, I wish I could ride a bike, but it's too cold. And then I was thinking, I was just skiing all weekend. Literally, like I was literally just skiing yesterday in this same cold. And then it was like, wait a second, I could just wear my ski outfit and go cycling. And that's what I did the next the funny day. The thing is, like, you say ski outfit. I'm like, so you wear your winter coat and winter coat. Actually, yeah, I do remember your, yeah, your no, winter like, cycling video made those jokes to be like, yeah. you know, you have to get these special yeah, things the special like gear. gloves and a, a jacket. coat. A jacket. jacket. That's what you did. I actually. Yeah. I, I do think the ski helmet is like a more of a nuance to like if you're in a place that does bike helmets. Yeah. That's an awesome solution. The ski helmet was great, actually. I as a, it, yeah. as a bike helmet. It was super yeah. warm and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And then if you're in like a more European place, it's different. It's like you have not made a video on helmet laws and yeah, maybe you will one day. I don't know. Yeah, am I, am you I... know what? It should be the last video you ever make Ugh, when you shut down the channel. Oh my God. No, I think I'll make a video about helmets, <laughs> but like it's just going to open a total shit show, right? Like I know. That's why you should do it like April Fool's or something. Uh... You have to pick a right moment for it. But. Anyway, I will do a video about helmets. I'm yeah. just not looking forward to the reaction to that because... That's just a, well, I guess I don't read comments anyway. Who cares? They can go argue amongst themselves. But, you know, go back to the time like, okay, so we did winter cycling and, you know, the average like Torontonian wouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. But like where our jobs were in the city, the solution is not to drive to work. Like it would have been transit. Like the drive to work across the downtown core was yeah. never something I was going to do anyway. So it was either transit or bike. Like yeah. the whole drive to work wasn't going to be for us based on where we were working. So what were we going to buy a car for? Stuff we do on weekends and buying food to feed ourselves? Like, there wasn't really that much. Like, the kids weren't into well, any I crazy mean, things like ice hockey practices out in, like, far-flung no, suburban yeah, cities yeah. or anything, right? So, but if we wanted to visit my parents in fake London... We took the train. Yeah, we anything. did take the train sometimes. And I guess we did rent cars a couple of times, too. We actually once or twice did the Greyhound bus back when it still existed. 
That I do not like taking the bus. I loved it. Why did you hate it? The bus on the highway just made me so nervous. But also, it was so annoying that the bus would get off at like every podunk town and then drive. Oh no, to I took the like... express. Like it would like go from. Didn't it still go to London Cambridge to... and like? No, if you get the couple times back in the day when they had when Greyhound <laughs> still existed, they would have had express ones that would have gone like. I think it's it went from like downtown London. It stopped somewhere EOA. Right. Adelaide, and then it went straight to downtown Toronto. That was it. And I think it stopped at the Royal York, which is basically Union Station, the closest place they could park, and then up to the bus station. Right. And that's it. I still prefer taking the train, but the train was just so unreliable. It was late. There were only a few trains per day. That was the thing. The bus had multiple trains. And so trains? like in my the bus had multiple sorry, trains. Multiple buses. <laughs> Can they edit magic that? No, no we're not no, editing We're stuck that. with that. No, but I went to university in London and going back home right. to Toronto, I always took the bus because right. it was, there was multiple departures a day, more than the train. It was cheaper and it was reliable. It's just so sad Although, that the train was not better. Okay, so we can play like the we're the old people card. So last time, I guess it was summertime, we were driving back from London, Ontario to Toronto after visiting your parents mm -hmm. and the traffic started way before Kitchener-Waterloo, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. you and I had the like... Back in like 20 years ago, the traffic didn't start to like James Snow Parkway, yeah, which is it like was Mississauga. And stuff, yeah, right? like basically like that, in that area. That, yeah. yeah. And it was very noticeable. Or and then we talked Milton to Milton or Malton? There's a Malton and the Milton. I think it was Milton when the traffic was. Anyway. Anyway, one of those two. But we talked to a few other people who had gone to like Western or who were from London and living yeah. in Toronto. And they all had the same thing to be like, yeah, for sure. 20 years ago, it was this. 15 years ago, it was this. 10 years ago. And the majority of people we talked to said it's very noticeable the last five or six years. So literally after we left Canada mm -hmm. this time, the traffic. Yes, but has... they've widened the 401. So that shouldn't be a problem anymore. I know. Do you know why? They only did one lane. Should <laughs> they should have done two lanes. <laughs> You know, it's just so comical that they still keep widening these freeways and traffic never gets better and nobody ever stops and say, hey, maybe we should have an alternative to driving. Maybe we should have more than like four trains a day. Oh, I know. The train side is absolutely It's so nuts. annoying. It's so sad is what it is. So the thing was like we lived without a car for a long time, but there were times when it was painful, not because of like inherent benefits of cars, but mostly because it was like, for example, it started getting really nerve-wracking when the kids started getting older and wanted to bike on their own but it wasn't safe oh, for yeah. kids to bike right and so then you're like well if they get too big for the buck feeds they can't ride a bike on their own and now how are we going to get around we're going to have to buy a car and that's not like a benefit of cars making us buy a car that's mm -hmm. like the fact that the city is too dangerous is mm -hmm. forcing us into car ownership because we it did get been that. nice to know like what would have happened if we stayed and hadn't moved here five years ago what would our life be like? What uh, car would no, be like? I'm going to have nightmares for days now. <laughs> you want some copium pills? <laughs> <laughs> I think I got some up here, actually. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad we moved here. But I'm genuinely curious, like, what life would have been like if we'd stayed there and the kids moved into a different stage of life? They wouldn't be, you know, well, little toddlers in the Bach feet. The they thing would be is kids here, like, to bike on their own. now they're going to high school, right? And they're biking on their own, like every other kid here. But yeah. they're... They wouldn't have been able to bike to high school on their own. Maybe no, it was walking distance. I think where we lived in Toronto, the normalized thing is transit. They take right. CTC. Unless you live really close to your high school and you can walk it, everyone else takes but, CTC. But the high school they would have gone to, the middle school, was not really that accessible by TTC, right? The one in their schools, though? No, it would have been a walk. 
Yeah, yeah. they yeah. might have been able to Even walk the it. school zone for the high school would have been like you could walk and take a streetcar a couple. This is where it was getting like difficult for us. I mean, this is one of the things that really pushed us to move here, right? Is that yeah. it really just was a dangerous city. Like there were so many cars and they would go so fast and there was very little enforcement of traffic laws, as I've talked about in yeah. my previous podcast with RM Transit, like the Toronto police don't really enforce traffic laws. And so it was just dangerous. Like it was dangerous for us cycling. Like we got run off the road. You got run off the road. I got run off the road and I didn't have a kid with me. I had the kid's seat on the back. I was really shocked to be like, wow, like. Yeah, you saw the kid's seat on the back and you still rode. Because I know the general angry stereotype against cyclists is usually the male cyclist that they're angry about. I'm like, you can see. I think I was in a skirt from like work. I'm like, you can see that like I'm a female. There's like I'm a mother. Like anyways, I, I don't know if that makes it any different excuse for empathy but i was just generally surprised by that but it was that um that bike ride to to that daycare where our youngest was going Mm -hmm. and queen and parliament where we did have a lot of the like places where we run off the road that but it's not like you can look back and be like well you know you shouldn't have biked there you should have taken you should have driven and stuff and i'm like there were the couple parents who did drive but that parking lot was a circus yeah it was a circus of people driving but in that area and that drive, I never felt any safer being in a car because the amount of stupidity that happened in cars, like that school bus flipped over with kids after it got T-boned yeah, right, by a car right. coming off the yeah, TV. Yeah, a car coming down there off the, the highway, ran a red light and knocked over a school bus with a bunch like of kids. It was kids a short it. school bus, but yeah. still like a school bus full of, well, at least kids a dozen literally kids knocked it. over a school yeah. bus. And That's then it was like at right? the other corner, like just where the daycare was, there was, this is all in your video on cars. Oh yeah, that my things. old video on, on yeah. cars crashing into buildings because yeah, it was the pizza shop that got hit yeah, by a car on one side of the daycare and the shopper's drug mart on the other side we were only there for like two three years i know that's right that's right so on both corners on both sides of the daycare shops got ran into by cars yeah and then that school bus got knocked over by an suv that ran a red light and i think that was where we were like what the hell are we doing like our kids can't be out here on their own like we could have been there in front of that shopper's drug mart or that pizza place right it easily i mean like if they can hit a freaking yellow school bus which is so obvious they can hit anything or like the times that like there was not in our neighborhood but there are other parts were like I think a pickup truck went through a stop sign or something and like T-boned a streetcar. I was like, it's a giant red streetcar. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? I remember one time I went out to Broadview in the morning and mm-hmm. one of the lampposts had just been knocked over. Like clearly a car had gone very high speed into it. This is one of those big concrete yeah. lampposts just knocked over. Yeah. Never in the news. Nobody mentioned it. Just yeah, yeah there's just another you know concrete lamppost knocked been. over. Mm-hmm. And I remember that's when I bought the radar detector to go out and see, like, how fast are the cars going? Because it was 40 kilometer per hour street. And they were talking about maybe making it 30. And I never had to go more than five minutes before I found a car going at least 80. But if we hadn't moved here, I think the arms race nature of the city would have pushed us into a car. Yeah, I think so. I think we would have bought a car. For a lot of these reasons, to feel safer rather than moving here. Okay, so let's actually tangent to that. So then we moved here. Did you ever think about getting a car? No, no, it didn't even occur to me here. <laughs> no, not same. even. And no. then, of course, after we had lived here for a year, I thought, you know what? I kind of want to make some videos telling people like why we moved to the Netherlands because we're being asked so often. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these reasons why we moved here. And then I started this channel called Not Just Bikes. But no, it never even occurred to us to buy a car here. Like why? No, but it was the same in central London, right? It was the same in London. Uh, yeah. Like, I guess if we had stayed in London, we may have been forced out. So like in order to buy a place, because we were renting, if we wanted to afford to buy a place, we may have 
moved out to the suburbs of London and we may have picked up Literally a car. the reason we didn't want to stay. Yeah. Because the affordability of London yeah. to live there after we had kids and not rent and like want to establish roots, you really had to move further out. And I yeah. think you and I had a discussion of like, I don't like being in suburban out of like, because I think back then our mentality was still like, urban is where it's at. Everything is better if it's urban yeah. in, in city centers. Like it was a little bit of a, a narrow view on it. Yeah. But I definitely didn't want to stay in London. I was like, I'd rather move to another city that I could afford to live in than stay in London and not be able to live in London because yeah. it's so expensive. Yeah. And the commutes are massive in London too. They're so yeah. long. It is interesting though. Like if we hadn't moved to Amsterdam, I'm pretty sure we would have bought a car in Toronto because the kids would have been older. They yeah. wouldn't have been able to cycle on their own. There would have been times when we need to get them from place to place it would have been an arms race safety thing yeah and also the arms race yeah yeah. eventually the safety thing would have got to us and been like we can't be biking out here this is not safe because the thing is when you're in your 20s and 30s and you don't have kids like you kind of justify it like i remember when i used to cycle like back in the job i had before the suburban one right back in 2003 I used to cycle. And when I think back on it, it was like super oh, dangerous. The one in the junction. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. No, no, not the junction. Liberty. The other way. Liberty Village. Yeah. Before Liberty Village was a thing, before it was built. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was still a construction site back <laughs> it then. It really was, yeah. But it was super dangerous. And I wouldn't do that today. But like once you have kids and you're like, you know, it's I not, do think it's your not risk just you. Yeah, your risk changes. perception changes. You're like, because you don't want your kids to grow up without a parent just because yeah. you wanted to cycle. Like... I think we would have stopped cycling. At least outside of our little core walkable island, we probably would have stopped cycling. Yeah, I think outside of the island, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we would have taken transit more and then we almost certainly would have got a car. And then been complaining about the traffic. Yeah, and complaining about traffic and everything else. So anyway. Yeah, and then being here, I mean, based on like jobs and lifestyle and stuff, like there's definitely no reason for having a car here. Car share is fine the times that we Mm -hmm. do need it and stuff. I don't use it very often. Yeah. You know what's interesting though? Almost all Dutch people we talk to or people I talk to at work or anywhere else, they all own cars. Mm-hmm. Car ownership is totally normalized for the sociodemographic. That well, we they, they are fairly wealthy, right? Like yeah. some of the people at yeah. your work. You mentioned it before. It'd be like, of course you own one. Yeah. Like, it's just like, why wouldn't you? Well, what's also funny about it is we know people who own cars and hardly ever use them. Like they sit there parked almost all the time. Every time we meet up with them anywhere, they cycle. If they yeah. come to visit us, they cycle. If we go out somewhere, they cycle. And they do own cars, but then they'll take that car on the trip to France or the trip to Italy or something like that. And then they'll drive their car down there. But otherwise, they basically never use it. And I think that's interesting because that's where the rental cars and the car share come in. But I don't think it's kind of like, certainly the older people, like our age, it hasn't really seeped in that like car share is a thing that could replace your car. And I think that's the trick. Like, you have to know that that alternative is there and that it's viable for you. But it is amazing to me how many people we know here who own cars and almost never use them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know, like you wanted to have a chat about being car free 10 years because I think you got the reminder that like it was. Yeah, it was the Google Photos thing. It was the day that I sold the Toyota Igo. And, you know, because I took pictures of the dealership and the guy gave me the license plate. I still have it. Up in my background when I'm recording. I don't know. Do you really feel like it's a thing? It feels so normal. Like, if you like No, I know. But I think the thing is, it's like we said earlier, we were car free when we met. We were car free for years. There was a brief two year stint that I had the smart car, but only for commuting. And we yeah. almost never used it otherwise. So yeah, I don't I don't feel like we ever really made a car part of our life and part of our identity. Right. Like it was always just a tool. Yeah, what I think helps is neither one of us cares about cars, about like yeah. 
this new model of this or that. Yeah. Like we're just, you, we're you were just given the station wagon by your work and you didn't really care about it. It was just whatever they gave you. And I remember I bought the smart car because it was the small city car that was easy to park. I remember when I bought the Toyota Igo in Brussels, I made a list of the cars because you got taxed based on their CO2 output. So I made a list of them from like lowest CO2 tax to highest. And I said I would just go through the list until I found one that wasn't garbage. And the first car I tried was the Toyota Igo. And I was like, this car's fine. And I think it cost me like 12,000 euros or 13,000 euros or something like that. Yeah. You know, I remember it was actually way lower than cheap. the other cars. Yeah. yeah, and it had lower taxes and everything. And I was just like, Maybe whatever. subsidized? Maybe, I don't know. But I remember it was the CO2A categorization. It was one of the few cars that was in the A because it was like smart cars and a couple others that were in A. And I remember I test drove it and I was like, yeah, whatever. This is fine. And it was fine. The Toyota Igo is a perfectly fine car. It had five doors too. So I could put the kid's seat in the back and it was perfectly yeah. fine. But that was the thing. Like I wasn't like, I need to get this car. Like I've always wanted yeah, to have an X or whatever. Like I easily could have blown money on a car, been like, no, no, no. I need to drive a BMW or a Mercedes or I've always wanted to drive a whatever, you know, but I never had that. I didn't care. It was just a tool. And so I think that was one of those things that had never really made it a core part of my identity. I never really cared. So I think also getting rid of it, like I took a photo of it, but otherwise I didn't care. Like it wasn't like an event or anything. It's funny because how long have we been together? 21, 22 years. And you're right. The majority of the time has been car free. Yeah. <laughs> like So it's actually like that. It's more so we're car free than we are yeah. with a car. So, yeah. But I think the thing is, again, we were car free, not because like we said, we're going to go car free. It wasn't even like no, we wanted like to be friendly for the environment, no. like nothing like that. Like there was no like emphasis on it. We just defaulted to it because we lived in walkable places because we didn't yeah. want to blow the money on it. We didn't have the feeling like we needed it for some sort of status. We just did true. it. Very true. But I think just as easily if we had lived in a different environment or again, if we had continued living somewhere unsafe, we would have been pushed to car ownership. Yeah. And again, it really is not so much about like any fundamental thing. Yeah. It's just the environment we were in, let it be the reasonable thing to do. Yeah. And to the car share point, we're fortunate to live in cities that had pretty good car share programs. Although, did we ever use car share in London, in the UK? No. I don't remember it either. No, the transit was so good. There's yeah. No and if we ever needed a car outside the city, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd get a rental car yeah. like from a car. I really place. don't even remember it being a thing if it was there like we didn't actively look for it but it's really nice that toronto has i already said how much i love toronto's one amsterdam is good there's a lot of options here yeah, too fine. so it makes it very easy and very accessible so yeah so that's 10 years car free i think it'll be an easy another 10 years car free <laughs> probably forever i honestly can't see why we would ever need to own one again no i mean just a pickup truck <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right <laughs> well <laughs> Uh, yeah, apart from the pickup truck, which I got for a million subscribers. So anyway, that was it. It's nice to be car free, to be yeah. honest. It's just one less thing to have to worry about. And it's nice to be able to live in a place that makes that possible. So thanks for coming on the podcast again. Yeah, happy to. Anytime. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The Urbanist Agenda. As usual, all new episodes will be available early on Nebula. So if you're not already a Nebula subscriber, now might be a good time. You can sign up at nebula.tv slash agenda. And with a subscription to Nebula, you not only support this podcast, you also get access to content by over 150 creators. That's everything from videos to podcasts to classes and more.
Nebula is also constantly adding new Nebula originals, which are high-budget productions on a wide range of interesting topics. If you use our link, which again is nebula.tv agenda, you'll get a discount on a yearly subscription, which brings it down to only 30 bucks a year. I'm a big fan of Nebula, which is why all of my Not Just Bikes videos are available there, as well as some that are only available on Nebula, and of course, all episodes of the Urbanist Agenda. So if you're not already a Nebula subscriber, go check it out today, and thanks again for listening.